Welcome to Today I Choose. I'm your host, Melissa Bingham. On today's show, we're talking wealth and intention with my friend, Julie Murphy. Julie is a Chicago-based certified financial planner and founder and CEO of JMC Wealth Management. Julie received her BS in finance from the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana and her MBA from the University of Notre Dame. A 27-year veteran of the financial services industry, Julie and her team have successfully served thousands of clients throughout the U.S. and abroad. People call Julie a financial healer and money therapist. After transforming her own upbringing of scarcity into a life of abundance, she's on a mission to financially heal the world. Julie has led a financial services and wealth management firm in Chicago for more than 25 years, and like many others, she had been affected by family beliefs about financial struggle. Once she realized she didn't have to live under the shadow of those old childhood beliefs about money, Julie created a life plan of her own choosing, one based on sound investment strategies and proven emotional and mental tools and techniques. With an open heart and upbeat personality, Julie lives to share her story and healing energy with audiences far and wide. Enjoy our conversation. I'm so happy today to get to introduce you all to my friend, Julie Murphy. She is just an amazing woman who has helped transform the financial lives of so many people. Julie, I'm so glad you're here with me today to talk about intention and money and wealth building. Welcome. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> glad to be here, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll probably giggle a lot today because we do that. If if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll notice I laugh a lot with a lot of these people. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, so Jules, let's start with a big question. What does intentional living mean to you? It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when you had, uh, posed that question to me, I was like, you know, Intention is everything. And I think about early on in my career, when I started having people, you know, cause I'm the money chick, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I would have people set up online savings accounts and I love the online ones because you can actually name your financial intention in the name of your account. So like if you do an online savings account, like with uh, capital one or American express or Barclays and you, I, I had this fund years ago, uh, was called the, the boat fund because I knew one day I wanted to buy a boat and I had money going into it every month. And then when I figured out, Oh, I want a sailboat. I don't want a powerboat. I want a sail. Then I called it the sailboat fund. And then I figured out I wanted a 34 foot Beneteau sailboat. And <laughs> so it's like, I renamed it and changed the name through the years because my intentions got clearer and clearer. And I think about, you know, I've been doing that for 20 years with people and, and what it does, you know, living your life from intention is all about you truly being authentic in the world. And it has not been rewarded in our world to be authentic. You've been told to conform and not be authentic so that it makes everybody else feel comfortable. But maybe our job is not to make everyone feel comfortable. And it's just about really living um, from your place of your heart and your soul. And that's where our intentions lie. Mm, so good. I love that practice. And and I have done that in terms of setting up those savings accounts and naming them and having that money automatically go there. It's so powerful. And just then that reward of like, wow, I did save all of that money. And now I can get what I wanted. And you did eventually get the boat, right? I did. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I had too many kids and I was afraid they were going to fall into Lake Michigan. So I sold it. <laughs> But but that's one of the great things that in your teaching that I know in you've talked about is intentions and priorities change. And so yeah. talk about how, you know, I for so many people, there's guilt and shame. And, you know, I know you wrote a book, The Emotion Behind Money. Mm-hmm. How do you work with people on that? Well, so there is... There's so many rights and wrongs, good and bad behaviors when it comes to money. And it, it what it triggers in all of us is all the shame, blame, guilt, and judgment that has been hardwired into us, not only in the households that we live in, but the communities and the colleges, the friends and the relationships that we've had. Like we we just keep saying that you have to fix what's wrong with you. And 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 I'm saying the complete opposite. You know what? Find your strengths and your authenticity and let's just amplify the bejesus out of those. And then what happens is, is you shift from these lower vibrations of emotions that are shame and guilt and judgment that never make anyone feel good to then higher elevations of gratitude and joy and happiness. And that's when you really embody what I call real wealth in my second book called Awaken Your Wealth, because it's it's really about shifting, because we, we have to remember that our thoughts, our words, and our feelings, our emotions are the vibration that we're putting out into the world, and we live in a hologram. So whatever you put out there with your thoughts, your words, and your feelings actually is the only thing then that can ricochet back to you. It's that whole thing of what you put out in the world, you know, you get back, and and if we're putting out shame and guilt and what that does is it creates financial scarcity and then more debt and you're in this cyclical cycle and you can't get off the treadmill and you're in the rat race. And that's been one of the beauties of this world is it's jarred all of us out of the rat race. And everything that has been unresolved in each one of us is being forced to the forefront to finally allow it to come up and shine light on it for it to heal. And it's not only just your money, you know, I holistically talk to everybody about, you know, what's going on in your work life and what about your personal life, your family life, you know, um, your financial life, your, you know, and, and even your heart and soul, like at this season of life, are you doing what makes you giggle? And if you don't, well, let's, let's figure out how to get there. And as obnoxious as it may be. And because that's when you'll embody, um, true happiness. And true wealth. Absolutely. That's so on point. It just, I love that there, you know, real, but real wealth is about shifting your thoughts, words, feelings to that higher vibration. And mm-hmm. so how does money play in to all of that? Guess what I'm trying to ask is money's energy. So yep. how do you work with people around that, that energetic piece of money? Well, so it again, so everything is energy. Einstein proved that, right? E equals MC squared. Einstein proved it. The thing is, is that we don't operate in a world as if everything is energy. So when I explain about money, think about, um, you know, you see a river flowing and there's currents and, you know, that's where the word currency comes from, right? So the question is, is how do you want your money to flow? And so many of us come from a place of, well, what do I have to cut out 
to get myself to this better place as opposed to, which is a scarcity mindset, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the mindset of what do I really truly want and what are my priorities so that we stay in our power and we, we come from an empowered choice as opposed to a victim of the system. And this is where financially how all of our structures are set up to position you to be unlucky because then we borrow money on credit cards, student loans, car debt, home debt. And people say to me, but home debt is good debt. I'm like, yeah, no debt is good debt. Because what it is, is you cannot live in the present moment, let alone plan for the future when financially you're so stuck in your financial past choices, which are your debt levels. And Mm -hmm. then that's what keeps you in this cycle of debt. So I always, you know, I walk clients through what I call um, a PACT process, P-A-C-T. And it's about that it starts with intentions and picturing what it is that you want to create. And that's the first step. Like you have to dream the dream. Like what, what's, what's the, what would you like in this next phase? And you may not know how you get there, but that's okay. Your job is only to just dream the dream. Well, then what we do is we, we take a look at um, how are you sitting in reality today? What is the reality that you've created up to this point? And then we have to start to bring your authenticity start to the surface. You know, like what is it that allows you to let your freak flag fly? And you'll know what that is because it makes you giggle. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And um, women giggle and men get these smirks on their faces. Like I always <laughs> know when I get the giggle and when I get the smirk, that's when we've hit their soul and that's their freak flag that they want to fly. <laughs> and um, and then the third step that I walk clients through is um, it's about choosing to change. It's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do this. And then what most financial planners do is do only the last step of the process and that's taking action. Like, hey, most people in the financial services like, let me sell you this product. Like I'll ask people, why do you have this particular investment or this particular insurance? Like, I don't know. It's just what the person told me. I hear that answer all the time. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. but what's your intention behind it? Like, what is it going to get to you? What? And they're like, I never even considered that. Like, really? It's like not considering like the food you put in your body or the, you know, it's just boring to me that we don't put this intention into our money. and, And that's the most important ingredient. Absolutely. And, and our whole system is set up not to do that with people. Yeah. And so I just kind of really turned the whole system on its head <laughs> and said, nope, we're doing it backwards. We got to add humanity back into finance because the human heart matters. Yes. And we need to get busy doing it and using it first and foremost. Oh, I love that. I love that. And full disclosure, you are my financial planner and you have transformed my relationship with money <laughs> and, Aww. and our family and, and really the, the way we, we look at. It. And I, one of the things you taught me years ago was kind of that rule of three of, of looking at what, if you have debt paying that, and you can correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but yeah. the way I interpreted it was if you, you know, you, that, that you, if you get say bonus money and you, you divide it into kind of three buckets if you have debt, paying some of that debt down, what do you need need and want to use it for in the present and then saving for the future? Yeah, well, it's it's about the fact that most people, when they go to deal with a financial professional, feel like the, all the shame and the guilt comes popping up because you feel guilty about not making choices before that you know that you should have made and blah, 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 and the stories we tell ourselves. And so I always tell people, you know what, I, I'm not going to 
tell you at all in your, your current way of lifestyle, I'm, I'm not going to tell you at all to change any of that. All I'm saying is let's take all the new money, the stuff you're not even living on today. So I don't care if that's a 2% pay raise once a year or a tax return or an inheritance or a bonus or a commission, like take that newfound money and do what I call a third, a third, a third. And you say, okay, a third of it, let's clean up that past. Let's clean up that debt that you got going on. And then you just pay off the most efficient ones, the ones with the highest debt rates. And then the second is, you know, you take a third and I always say, I want you to go piss it away. I want you to go spend it. <laughs> and they go, my financial planner just tell me to go piss my money away. And I go, yeah. And you know why? Because if you don't feel, emotionally feel, this is going back to the vibration that you put out in the universe. If you don't feel the rewards of your hard work today and how hard you're working at your job, you at some point will act out and spend on credit and you will have a field day doing it and then you will have a spending hangover. <laughs> so I want you to scratch that itch in the moment and spend a third of that money. And then the last part is, is take a third of it and plant the seeds for the future that you want to create, whether it's kids college, emergency reserves, your own retirement, whatever that is. And I found over time when people do those things, the debt tends to take the, the stronghold on your life starts to come off. Like the noose around your neck begins to loosen because what you're doing is you're living more and more in the present moment and you're planting those seeds for the future for you to harvest. And you're feeling this sense of freedom that comes one month at a time as like that. Let's just say it's 300 bucks a month that you got now from that pay raise. If you hundred bucks more a month is planted seeds of the future, a hundred more bucks a month, you're going out to dinner or saving for a vacation that you want to go spend. And the other hundred's cleaning up all your past choices so that you can finally be free of that ball and chain. It works out really well. It does. I, I'm living proof. <laughs> because I, you know, it it also for me what it did too is help give kind of structure. It's like you get that lump sum new money or something comes in. And it's like it when it when you just blow it all, for me it's like, oh, where did it go? As opposed to this kind of structure helps to, you know, again, like gives it, there's more intention. Obviously there is intention behind what you're doing with it. So, well, and people get this state of depression. They get in this state of depression when they spend it all because their heart didn't really want to do that. It's kind of like you go have a one night stand and you have sex and it was really great in the moment. <laughs> but then afterwards you got all the feelings you're dealing with, right? Like going, oh my yeah. God, did I do, did I get an STD? Should I not? Or did I get a la la la? Like that's what like doing that with money is. I, I know that's a bit of an extreme example, but I say that because that is the emotions that happen to people and yeah. they don't realize that then that's the vibration they're putting out in the world. That's spending hangover. And then they're create that's the vibration that's going out. So then less money can then come to you because you're, you have this icky feeling about the money. And it's like, you're now blocking off your abundance so that more cannot come to you. So if somebody's listening and they're, you know, they're in that place of depression about money, they're in that, because we talk so much about the emotion behind money, what's, what's the first step that somebody takes in transforming their relationship and their intention around money? You have to dream the new dream. That is the absolute, like, go make that vision board, go do a Pinterest board or 
you know, even if it's just as little as putting things up on your fridge at home of things that resonate with you, like you have to dream something different than the reality that you have, because otherwise you'll just stay in the same reality. That is the absolute first step that you have to do. And that's why the second step is then open up all the envelopes and look at your reality and put pen to paper, like write down your debts and put them in an Excel spreadsheet or on a, don't make it fancy. You could, you don't have, I, I find that when people use financial software, it's like, oh, I'm going to use this software. Magic. You know what? If you've never used the software financially, you're not going to stick to it because people either do it or they don't. So if you're not like an engineer or um, a financial person yourself, you're probably not going to long run use a financial software, but you can very easily like take pen to paper and just write it down and have a file folder that once a month you pull the, you, you get your statements and say, here's my balance. Here's my interest rate. Here's my minimum payment. And this is what I'm paying. Like then you can look at your financial reality. And then you can also do that with your assets. So you can see the seeds that you're planning for the future. Cause one's playing defense, your debt payoffs are your defense and this, your assets, you know, your savings accounts, your college funds for your kids, retirement savings, that's your offense. And, you know, we all love playing offense more than we like defense. And then start to like allow yourself to come to the surface, like see the places in the world where you're not being authentic and, and start to align um, these dreams, which are your authenticity to the reality. And that's where the choosing to change and taking action comes into place. There's an example, like a financial tool. Like I'll ask people like, well, why do you have that life insurance? They're like, I don't know, because that's why I bought it. I'm in my late forties and a lot of people in their late forties bought, uh, life insurance policies or fifties because their kids were young at one point. Now their kids are all in their early twenties, you know, mid twenties. Mm -hmm. And so question like, okay, well, this is the intention of why I bought this financial product before, but that doesn't necessarily stand true for me today. And so that could be newfound money going, you know, I don't need that life insurance policy anymore. I can reduce it or take it away. And now I have a hundred bucks a month. Now I can plant the seed for the next thing. Like though there, those are other ways you can even look at your budget, like cell phone bills and cable bills. I always find savings in people's budget of newfound money. Mm-hmm. Or you pay off that car. I mean, we just talked about this recently, right? You're done paying yep. off your car. That car payment that you were making, I now want that car payment to either go to more debt payoff every month on autopilot because don't do it manually mm -hmm. because you will definitely make excuses <laughs> why you're going to spend it on something else. So you have, just like the payment from Toyota was coming right out of your checking account, you want to make sure that you're automatically having it go to some debt payoff, like additional principal to your mortgage or um, student loan debts or whatever, or have it go into a savings account that's called a car fund. So then you're building up cash to buy your next car. I have this one client. I love this story. She had a really old, it was almost a 20 year old Honda, uh, uh, not a Honda, uh, Toyota Camry. And she's like, and I, when her car payment was done, I had her start saving up money in a car fund and her car payment was only like 200 bucks a month because she had bought it so long ago, but she had been saving for years. And she goes, Jill, I really need to get a new car. And she goes, but I've only got $9,000 now after all these years of saving inside this car fund. I said, well, you can do one of two things. You can either go buy a new car for $9,000 that just has some miles on it, but it'll be way newer than the car you got. Or you can use it as a down payment and then you can use your 200 bucks a month for the other payment. She actually opted to go buy a $9,000 car that had 100,000 miles on it. She bought a new Toyota Camry and she's got, she feels like she won the lottery because her car is <laughs> way newer than the one she's got. 
and she's still putting in that 200 bucks a month. And so she's like, you know what, this car will last me longer. And then I'm going to wind up with like 25,000 in that bucket. Cause we just start, we keep increasing so that she, she's in her own bank and she's not subject to any other things going on in the world because she's cre- she's positioned herself to be lucky to make her own choices and not be subject to whatever society's often are offering her. And it's so empowering. I mean, I can yeah. just imagine how she felt just being able to do that. Yep, exactly. I want to shift a little bit. I want to talk because I know you have four kids. I have three kids and maybe not everybody listening has kids, but we all have younger people in our lives. How do you start the conversation? Because I want to be and have been very intentional with my kids about money, staying in that abundance mindset and, you know, refuting lack mindsets when it shows up. How do you talk to your kids and how do you talk to parents or aunties and uncles or friends about how they intentionally hold money with young people to set them up so that they're not falling into that trap of that scarcity mindset that so many of us grew up with? Well, First of all, uh, you have to be the example, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you have to walk the walk and talk the talk. That's first and foremost. Um, the second thing is, you know, we all want better for our kids and, and our grandkids. But the challenge that we've come into play is that we have done it in a dysfunctional manner, meaning that we have insulated them from building their own financial muscles, I'll say, because it's like we give the kids credit cards when they go off to college as emergencies, but then they're buying too many pairs of shoes and then you don't know how to say (laughs) no. And then it's like systemically goes. So this is about helping your kids. Like I remember my, at the time, five-year-old, she said to me, well, mom, I just don't understand. We can just go to Target and that thing that you pull out of your wallet, you just swipe that in the machine and then we can get whatever we want in the entire store. And I was like, (laughs) Mary Kate, You are absolutely right that that is what I have modeled to you. And it doesn't really actually work that way, honey. And she's so funny. Like I watch her now in Target. She uh, sits there and I, because I am like, mom, I want a toy from Target. I'm like, okay, well, you know what mom says. You have to participate in it. And she goes, and when I first said this to her, she's like, what do you mean me participating? (laughs) And I go, you have to have skin in the game, girl. Like, you know what? This is a process. So I get that you're not used to it. So if mom's going to buy some, if I, if I uh, buy it, you have to put at least a dollar in and we're, I'm now up to her. She's almost eight years old here. And so three years later, she now knows she has to pay half and mom will pay half. And unless it's her birthday or Christmas or something like that, she's not getting any more toys from target. And um, it's her building her financial muscles. And she's now making decisions going, Oh, that's not worth me. I'm not giving up $10 for that. I'd rather this. So she's starting to evaluate, like, what is the value of a dollar? And if you've got kids that are older and, you know, young adults that you're still bailing out, it's about healthy boundaries. You know, I had a conversation with another client recently and I said, well, which do you prefer? Do you prefer to keep bailing out your daughter or would you like to retire at 65 on time? Because they're both choices for you. Just make the choice of what your heart desires to get to that next place. And when you put it in that kind of framing, most parents will figure out a way to retire on time. Mm 
-hmm. you know, like it comes in funky, you know, I, I'm not telling them how they have to live, but I'm holding the space going, well, here are your choices. Now, what do you choose? So they go, they approach it from a place of empowerment and not just being victim of a screwed up financial kid. And it's about, you know, helping them build the muscles. You know, we as an organization at JMC Wealth Management here in Chicago, my clients, uh, many of them are my age or my parents' age for my clients, but I also have millennial financial planners in my office. And we, we intentionally have a program for kids that are younger than 30, that when you're first coming out, that we won't charge you a consulting fee because you, we want you to get started. Mm -hmm. And but you're, we're going to not put you with like mom and dad stodgy financial planner because we're older and we just don't understand, right? The young ones would be like, ah, you just don't understand. And so we help them um, get on their path and, and to get things rolling as they get these this newfound money and pay raises. The biggest pay raise you're ever going to have in your life is the year you get out of school from college and now you have this job that's making 60 grand a year. And, you know, if you can start afoot at that time in starting to mold them in terms of cleaning up your past while living in the present moment financially and planning for the future all at the same time, they have different planning metrics, but it's like, well, do you want to travel? And they go, yeah, I want a vacation bucket. Okay, well, let's set up a savings account. That's a vacation bucket. And you put money monthly there mm -hmm. while we're also putting money in an emergency reserve fund. So you can insulate yourself if you ever lose your job, mm -hmm. right? So it's just about meeting them where they're at in, in building the financial muscles. Um, and, and they can do that at any age. They're not too young or too old to get started with the, the, with the youth of today. Saying no is like the biggest and best thing that we can do so that they build their own financial muscles. And the older generations have not done that in an effective manner. Boomer, baby boomers and Gen Xers have are more income affluent than any generation before them, but they're not necessarily all asset affluent. Mm. And, mm. and this is what we've taught to the youth. Yeah. The younger ones love the lifestyle. They like the shopping and the restaurants and the granite countertops and the apartment that we're renting with our friends. I'm going, oh my God, my college apartment looks nothing like granite countertops. <laughs> It looks oh. more like Animal House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. just a different time. They have different expectations, different palettes because they've seen a lot of income affluence from their parents. Yeah. I love this idea that they're never too young to to start investing in savings. I know. And, and specifically, it, it resonates so much with me what you say about like that first job out of college, because I remember my first job, my boss tried to get me to, they, it was a small nonprofit, so they didn't really have a big investment thing. But he, I remember him trying to get me to invest in something. And I was like, no way, I need that money for my, you know, my shoes. Yep. And now I look back on that. And so my oldest got a job recently where they have an opportunity to, to have a matching 401k. And I said, absolutely do it. I like, even if it's $5, just start. The modeling thing is, is huge too, because I know she also asked me recently, Hey, I know you have those automatic savings plans. Once I start this job, can we set that up for me? Because I, I don't, you know, I don't want to go to college with no money. Right. And, um, and it was, it, it was a proud mommy moment for her to, you know, come and say that to me. And I could, could feel you on my shoulder going, go Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> My kids, for better or for worse, they, um, you know, when they got their, their first influx of money besides their baptism when they were little, we, they get their, they had their first communions, you know, being Irish Catholic, they, 
they had their first communions and I took the first communion money and I said, okay, you get a third and you can spend it. But the other two thirds, you don't have any debt. So we're going to put that in your future. And like, I'm like, what are you guys interested in? And my kids, my son was like, what do you mean? I go, we're going to buy some stock. And he's like, I go, what do you like? Cause you should always invest in what you like. And mm-hmm. as long as it's a good company. Right. And uh, he goes, well, I like Starbucks, mom. I'm like, of mm-hmm. course you do, because I've showed you Starbucks. And, um, <laughs> And so we bought, he bought like a couple shares of Starbucks and um, he goes, well, I like Whole Foods. I like the smoothies we buy at Whole Foods. So at the time (laughs) we bought Whole Foods stock, which then became Amazon. So he's doing okay there. And um, he goes, well, I like Transformers, mom. And we looked it up and that's Hasbro. So we brought some Hasbro stock. And, um, and then he loves the dividend on Target and on Disney. So those are the five stocks that he bought when he was in second grade, based on all of his knowledge being a second grader. And um, today he's four years later in sixth grade and his money is two and a half times what it was when he was in second grade. And he's like, so mom, how do I get more of that in there? And I go, mm-hmm. and I made this thing with my kids. I said, you know what? I will match just like an employer. Cause I'm like, I want them to build the muscles of taking advantage of the free money. So employers match on 401ks. So what did I do? I said, I will match any money you put in there. My son goes, wait a minute. So like when I get like this 200 bucks and 300 bucks from uh, my birthday every year from aunts and uncles, you'll, you'll put 200 bucks in too. So I'll get 400 or like 600 bucks. I go, yeah. He goes done. And it's been interesting because I made the deal with all my kids. Two of them are a little too young just yet. Cause they, they're not even in second grade yet, but the oldest one figured it out. And he's like, and then the second one's like, mom, how does Timmy have way much more money than I go? I said, because I'm matching everything he's putting in. She goes, well, I want to do that. And like, I told her at the exact same time, but she didn't hear the message, but now she wants to catch up. And it's really interesting because they're now having fun expanding their stock portfolios and buying other things and watching it compound. I'm like, oh my God, when this kid's account is like when he's 40 years old, something that he started when he was eight. I'm like, oh my God, this thing's going to be enormous. That's so awesome. Like it makes me giggle being a financial planner, mom. (laughs) I love it. That's such a great, such a great example. But anybody can do that. Anybody. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I love it. This has been so fun. So I have some fun questions that I love to ask at the end. Are you up for it? I'm up for it. Let's do it. All right. What is your favorite place and why? Sedona, Arizona. Um, why? Because it gets me out of the rat race of life and allows me to connect with nature, which I feel like that gives me the space to connect with my authentic self. I'm, I'm a really busy business owner with plenty of employees, four kids divorced and, you know, becoming an online YouTuber, if you will, on money and Mm -hmm. finance. And, uh, I have a lot going on and connecting with nature and, being connected to the earth grounds me and gives me that balance that I seek in life. Mm, yes. That's still on my bucket list of places to go. <laughs> uh, okay. Are you a cat person, a dog person or something else or none? Well, I'm definitely something else. But I really- <laughs> <laughs> um, some other, some other animal. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So um, I've always, I don't mind animals. I just don't need another thing to take care of. That's, that's my whole thing. I have 11 brothers and sisters, 36 nieces and nephews and four children and employees. So yeah. um, when it comes to pets, <laughs> a fish is, yeah. is all I can handle. <laughs> 
What's your favorite word? Carpe diem. Mm -hmm. Seize the day. Seize the day. Beautiful. What are you reading right now? Oh, I got like five books going on at once. (laughs) Um, What am I reading? Like, let me feel into that. Well, I have uh, two books that I continue to pick up and read excerpts from that I look at while I sit here at my desk. And the one is How to Expand Love by the Dalai Lama. And the other one is The Honeymoon Effect by Dr. Bruce Lipton. And both of those are about high vibration and how to really be in those states of love and happiness on a consistent and regular basis in life. Love that. If you had a theme song or if you do have a theme song, what would it be or is it? These are the days by Natalie Merchant. Mm. These are the days. Mm. One of my favorite albums ever. Uh, yep, I love that song. All right. If you were a superhero, what would your name be and what power would you have? Wonder Woman. And I've got these shields that I can just bounce all the negativity away from me at all times. It's super easy. I literally have bracelets that remind me of the woman Wonder Woman bracelets that she wears. Like, and I almost feel like when I wear them that like I've got her superpowers. (laughs) I just need the invisible jet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To get you back and forth to Sedona. I know, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our last question is a little more serious. What is your intention for our world right now? That we experience extreme financial healing because it has been a dictator of too much of how people have lived their life. And it's Mm -hmm. time to break those chains and allow it to expand us instead of weigh us down. Mm. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, so this has been so fun. Jules, if people want to find you on your YouTube channel, which I know you have or on the web, social media, how can people find you? Yeah. So in social media, I'm awaken with Julie or, um, just Julie Murphy. YouTube's on Julie Murphy. Instagram is awaken with Julie, Julie Murphy's Facebook. I'm all over the place. Uh, same thing with LinkedIn. It's just my name, Julie Murphy. And, um, my company is JMC Wealth Management. And, you know, if anyone looks for individual sessions, you can email at info at jmcwealth.com. Also, both of my books right now, I am uh, giving my book Awaken Your Wealth away for free. You just have to pay for your own shipping. You can go to my website and you can um, juliemurphy.com. It's right on there. And The Emotion Behind Money is my other book. And another one to come soon. I just putting some of the finishing touches on it. Amazing. And we'll make sure all those links are up on the show notes page at todayichoose.me backslash podcast. So be sure to check that out. Thanks so much, Julie. Loved this and uh, just so grateful for your presence in the world and helping helping to awaken wealth and this financial healing. I love, you know, in your bio, I said earlier, I love that part that talks about you being a financial healer and Mm -hmm. uh, you are most certainly that. So my joy, my happiness. So thank you for allowing me the space to share that more today. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Julie and were able to learn some new ideas about wealth and money. Be sure to check out our show notes page at todayichoose.me backslash podcast for Julie's full bio and all the resources we talked about in today's podcast. To learn more about what I'm up to, our live Monday morning meditations, energy healing, and other podcast episodes, please be sure to check out todayichoose.me and may your day be filled with intention. 
Today I Choose is brought to you by 3B Productions and Nevertheless Media. Our producer and audio engineer is Sam Booty. Our graphic designer is Marsha Craig. Our research assistant is Molly Bingham. To find us on Instagram, look for Today I Choose with Melissa. And find our Facebook group, Everyday Living with Intention. And on the web, todayichoose.me. Today I Choose.